The Bible says, and this is not the message, but I just want you to think about, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. When I'm around my grandkids, I love them, and I'll speak along their language. But you know what? If it was a total day by day, 365 days a year, I wouldn't want to be around somebody that still spoke like... I mean, when I grew up, it was, hey, daddy-o, what you doing? And and I still have a friend that uses that type of language. But it says, why? Child, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but I became a man. I put away childish things. Tonight I want to talk to you about the blood still speaks. Uh, you may have heard many messages. You may have had communion many times. But I want you to pay very close attention to what I'm talking about today. Uh, I've been a deputy sheriff. For 45 years. You know in 45 years how many people went through things that they didn't have to go through. If they would have picked up the phone and called for help. We were trained. We knew the law. We knew our rights. We knew this. We knew that. But I've seen people be conned. i see people be swindled, cheated, be done everything. And that's not what belonged to them. Now tonight, maybe you're... Some of the things in your life, maybe your health, maybe your family, maybe your job, maybe your income. Maybe you've been taught and you've been sowing and tithing for years and nothing's happened. Well, it's all going to change. I am believing everyone here who has ears to hear and maybe you you just got a little mustard seed thing that you'll say, you know what, I will believe for more tomorrow than I have today. God is going to do something for you. The message, the blood still speaks. Genesis 4, 1 through 11. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, say process of time, what you want and what you need is going to take some process of time. Now we can read when Jesus was here on earth, he walked up to the death, the blind, uh, the demon possessed, and it happened instantly. But let, let me tell you, he had been around the Father long enough, he knew what he was saying, he knew what he was doing. It may take us a little process of time, but it will happen for you. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought the first thing of the flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and unto his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Are you wroth? And why is your countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall not you be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be a desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked to Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where's Abel, your brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, 
What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now thou art cursed with a curse from the earth, which has opened up its mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. The Bible says that Abel's blood spoke to the Lord. Now, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but the blood of Christ is speaking for every one of you tonight. If you're not thoroughly excited, if you're not thoroughly exuberant about tomorrow, if you're satisfied, you got all the money you want, you're satisfied. If you've got all the beauty that you want, and you're satisfied. If you, if, if, if you got all the health, you wake up and you do a hundred pull-ups, two hundred set-ups, run thirty-five miles, and you got the health of, of, of a, uh, telethon, uh, not telethon, triathlon person, and you're satisfied, I'm not talking to you. But if there's something you want, if you want something that you don't have, the Bible says you can have it and you don't have it. I'm talking to you. I am expecting somebody to make progress starting tonight. Amen. I go to a lot of meetings. I've met a lot of ministries. Benny Hinn, John Osteen, Kenneth Copeland. I can't begin to tell you that people that would come to some of these meetings in many situations, horrible situations, I can't begin to tell you that when healing happened, it was one step tonight that they didn't take last night. And tomorrow it was two steps. But to, tonight, this word that I'm talking is going to change your life. Amen? Abel's blood said something to God. Abel's blood was speaking on behalf of the innocent. The voice of Abel's blood brought judgment on the offender. Now, I want to look over at Hebrews 12, 22-24 of the Amplified Version. It says, <clears throat> But rather you have come to Mount Zion, even to the city of the living God, heavenly Jerusalem, and to the countless multitudes of angels in gathering, and to the church assembly of the firstborn, who are registered citizens of heaven. Are you saved? You're a registered citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. Well, I don't feel like I am. Well, I'm glad we don't live by feelings all the time. Hallelujah. Uh, Who is judge of all, and to the spirit of the righteous, the redeemed in heaven, who have been made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator, the go-between, the agent of the new covenant, and to the sprinkling of blood, which speaketh of mercy and better, noble, and more gracious messages than Abel's blood. The Bible says Jesus' blood speaks much greater than Abel's. Now listen to me. This is not, uh, this is not a, uh, uh, a pipe dream. This, this is not just some words. People don't think about it when we're partaking. We're going to get into it, but they don't think about this. But this represents the blood. And the blood speaking in your behalf. And when sickness comes, when pain comes, when when I I, I know a 
a girl that was in my teen group when I was uh, younger, and she put on Facebook to this day. She says, I can't believe it, and you wouldn't believe what arthritis is doing to me today. Well, you know what the blood has just would tell her? Now, I don't know that she would know this or hear this, but the blood is saying something about that today. And the blood is talking about your circumstances. The blood of Jesus speaks of better things than Abel. Abel's blood spoke on behalf of the innocent victim, but Jesus' blood speaks on behalf of the guilty sinner. Abel's blood brought judgment on the offender, but Jesus' blood brings salvation to the offender. The blood of Jesus speaks of better things than that of Abel. Now, I have a piece of bread and and a drink here, and I have something to say to you. You do not, we do, we we don't believe that this grape juice and wafer are actually the bread and the body of Jesus Christ or blood of Jesus Christ, but we teach and we believe that the juice and the bread represents the blood and the body of Christ. Now, for instance, there are many things in your life, you're around them all the time, that say something to everybody, but they don't really speak audibly. I cannot begin. You see, you see how I am not a 250-pound mighty Joe Young. But you know, I wouldn't have to say a word when I would pull, maybe, you know, but if I put someone over, I just do this. And they listen to me. I didn't say a word, but they slow down. It's yes, sir, no, sir. They give me driver's license. They're willing to hear what I have to say. This spoke something to it. It represented something. I used to one uh, go to the drags, and I'd get a trophy, and I'd put it in my back window, and I'd go down the street and go to all my friends. They knew what happened. It spoke in my behalf. I want you to know the blood and the message for you has something to say to you and has something to say for you. Now, why is it important that the blood still speaks today? Why is it important when we receive communion tonight that we think about the blood's talking for us? The reason that is important is the blood speaks for you and to you is because there are things in this universe which are speaking against you. You may not hear that they're going on 24 hours a day. Abraham's transgression or sin speaks against you. In the garden, he sinned, and it speaks against you. Our own transgressions, the things we've done. Many times we want to believe this or we want to believe that, and it speaks against us. The law of sin and death speaks against us. Satan himself who is called the accuser of the brother, speaks against us. And many people say, well, I don't care. I'm a Christian. Well, maybe you don't care and maybe you're a Christian, but I can tell by many people that I meet their attitude, they do care because they're getting down. They don't believe in what God says. They believe they're a rat. They don't believe they have a right to this or a right to that. And they believe, well, the Word of God is all true, but when we get to heaven... I'll get to see it. No, it begins the day you get saved. Revelation chapter 12. 
refers to Satan as the accuser of the brethren. Now, maybe you've never thought about it before, but you've been told by Satan, you're not going to make it. You're too young. You're too old. You're too sick. You're not worthy. Your time's passed. That's what the accuser tells you. That's when you look at the mirror and you say, I feel so bad, I must be bad. We could say this. Satan is a prosecuting attorney in your case. And believe me, being a deputy sheriff, I know the prosecution and I know both sides of the courtroom. We could, uh, Satan's your prosecution. We could hear or talk about a trial and it really doesn't mean any difference. Don't mean a whole lot. But when you find out you're the accused, you're the one going on trial and all of a sudden the trial begins, it takes on a whole new meaning when it's you. I want you, I want to talk to you about your trial today. I want to talk to you today about your case. As I say, maybe, maybe you've sown, you've been a tither, but you're up to here in debt. Maybe you used to run fast. I've known people, they were track stars, but today they can't hardly get out of bed. So I don't know what your particular trial is or your particular case, but we're going to talk about that today. Keep in mind, we're going to look into your case. Jesus became Satan is your prosecuting attorney. Jesus is your defense attorney. He came not to get Jesus came not to get on your case. He came to take up your case and to win it. First John 2.21 says, My dear children, I write this to you that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, hello, and when people sin, they think it's all over. I've been bad. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. His atoning sacrifice for our sin, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the world. Now, thank God we do have a defense attorney. Because we're on trial daily, and Satan is a prosecuting attorney. Now, first of all, I want you to understand. This trial cannot be won by good works. Because the prosecuting attorney, Satan, has too much good, true evidence against you and I for us to win by good works. You'll be, you'll be asking, well, what's at stake in this trial? Your eternal destination, or your attorney, uh, destiny, as well as your temporal being. What kind of trial is this going to be? First, it's a criminal trial. We have all transgressed the commandments of God 
and have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So there's a criminal charge been lodged against us. So it's, first of all, it's a criminal trial. What other kinds of trial is it? It's a custody battle. We've fallen into the wrong family. We become children of the wrong father, an illegitimate stepfather. We become citizens of the wrong kingdom. So we are involved in a custody hearing, a custody battle. What other kind of trial is it? It's an inheritance trial. Because you have been robbed and you have been stripped of your glorious inheritance that was meant to be yours at the beginning and from the beginning. So, we're involved in a criminal trial, a custody battle, an inheritance dispute, and your eternal destiny and your temporal welfare are on the line. And one of the things I'm trying to preach a for part series message in one because I want you to understand it all. I don't want to break it up. But before the trial starts, I've got some good news for you. Your attorney, Jesus, leans over to your ear and says, I just want you to know before this whole thing starts that my father is the judge. Now that's always good. Make, I mean, I just say that, and my hair stands up. Oh, yeah. And I've been in the courtroom with a scoundrel, and the guy up on the bench is a brother to his attorney. And I kind of feel like I know what's going to happen. But before your trial starts, Jesus leans over and says, I want you to know, before we get started, my father is the judge. Now, the defense attorney tells you, before the trial starts, I've got some good news and some bad news. And the bad news is the prosecution has a valid case against you. He is a liar and he's most and most of his accusations will be false, but there's enough evidence and substance there that if your case was judged on the information alone, you you would be in big trouble. Amen. Your defense attorney goes on to say now the good news. Before this trial was ever summonsed, before char- charges were ever brought or filed against you, I already went and personally took care of the penalties that have been imposed upon you for this transgression, these sins that you committed. And I just want you to know that the price has already been paid, that the penalty has already been fulfilled. So just relax. We're going to breeze through this trial like it was never here. So when your body hurts, you know, last week, I know I ought, ought to be on a Muscle Man magazine, but last week I went down to a, a gym and I went in there and I talked to him just to see. Because you know what? I'm not doing what I used to do when I was 20 years old. And I want, I maybe not, I'm, I don't intend to be, be like 20, but I want to do more than I am today. So I'm going to have to change something. If I want, if I want something 
that I don't have. I have got to do something that I'm not doing. So now the trial commences and you take your seat. And as the trial begins, the prosecutor calls. And remember, the prosecutor is Satan. And the prosecutor calls for his witness to come forward and testify against you. But you're very relaxed, you're very calm because of what your attorney, Jesus, has already told you until you hear the prosecuting attorney say, my chief witness will be their past. Now your heart begins to sink because you know your past has a lot of bad things in it. Your past goes to the stand and begins to testify against you. And you begin to squirm and perspire. But as you look at your attorney, Jesus, he's not even moved. <laughs> have you ever felt like I have been carrying on like a crazy person? And I read the word of God and says, peace be still. I mean, when Jesus come walking on, on the water on the storm, all the guys in the boat was fighting to save their life. And they look out here and there's peace. He's just walking through it. And he's going to walk you through the storms of life if you'll let him. I want you tonight, as you partake of this, let the blood start speaking. Instead of complaining and doubting and let what did the blood do for me? And if the blood spoke to God from Abel, believe me, Jesus' blood is speaking to God for you. Hallelujah. Now the prosecutor, Satan, says, Pass, you may step down, and I summon two other witnesses to stand, to the stand. Guilt and condemnation. Would you please take the stand and tell this court what you know? Now your defense attorney smiles and stands to his feet and says, Your Honor, I have a witness who will make their testimony totally obsolete and irrelevant. As a matter of fact, when my witness is finished, his testimony, the statements that have been made here today will be totally eradicated from the court record as though they never occurred. So why you deal with court, I mean with guilt and condemnation? Your defense attorney speaks out loudly. I now call my own blood to the stand. Will the cup please come forward and testify? And so the cup is sworn in and the blood begins to speak. Now pay very close attention. And this is what whether you do this at home, or this is what I want you to think. When you take this cup at home, this is what you, you're not taking it because when I was a kid, I'd go to church and we'd take it. And you know how I take communion? Like Roy Rogers or John Wayne. And that's all it meant. But when you're taking the cup, listen to this. The bud says that things that were spoken by the past, guilt and condemnation were true at one time. They are no, but they are no more. The former things have passed away and the blood continues and the blood speaks of better things. And the blood says, the one 
in whose veins I flowed, lived sinlessly, and then he gave his life for the ransom of many. A sacrifice for all people, as I flowed from his veins and from his body, as his body hung on that cross, I was flowing for the remission, the forgiveness of sins. I was washing them. I was washing you. I was cleansing you. I was redeeming you. I was delivering you from the power of darkness. From the power of darkness you have been delivered. And translating you into the kingdom of light. I was making you nigh unto God and I was making you sons of God and I was purging every, uh, uh, very, uh, purging even your very consciousness of dead works to serve a living God. Your defense attorney says, thank you. Do you have anything else to say? And the blood says, I simply want to testify that I, the precious blood of a lamb, a lamb without blemish and without spot, did in fact redeem man. And through me, they are absolutely redeemed. And the defense smiles as all the accusations from past guilt, condemnation are wiped off of the court record. And now past and guilt, condemnation are asked, can they be excused? And they leave the courtroom. It's a good feeling when you're in the court of the world and you've been accused of something and those who accuse you sheepishly step down and say, I don't have anything else to say. Can I leave the courtroom? Now Satan, the prosecutor, interrupts and says, All right, all right, blood, you've made your point. Then he approaches the judge and says, Okay, Your Honor, I will concede to the fact that the spiritual and eternal penalties have been taken care of, but this does nothing to take care of my physical, temporal penalties of sickness and disease, which should be free to dominate the body of humanity while they are here on this earth. We can't let them get off too light. Cheers a lot of people today. Oh, I'm going to heaven. God's blessed me. I've lived a pretty good life. My air conditioner quit three days ago. I called. I got a home warranty. I called them. I know it's old. It's not brand new. Do I care? No, I got a warranty. I don't care what you got to do. I know nothing about it. But I'm, I'm saying this. It better be working. I don't care if you got to bring your whole factory down here or flip a switch. I don't know what's wrong. But it better be working. I have a guarantee. You got a guarantee. Just because my just because my elbow isn't working too much good today doesn't mean I don't have a guarantee. The blood speaking to my elbow. Now Jesus, your defense attorney, speaks up and says, "Your Honor, I would like to call another witness to the stand." 
My own body has better things to say. Your own, Christ's own body has better things to say about your body, about your headache, about this, about his own body. I call bread to the witness stand. And so bread comes and bread speaks and bread says, even as the blood was shed for the forgiveness of sin, I was broken for the healing of the body. Stripes were laid on me so that man could be healed and be made whole. I bore man's sickness and man's diseases. I bore his pain and his infirmities. I carried away and made full provisions for man to be and to stay healed and well. I What I bore, he need not bear. What I carried, he not in, need not endure. The blood provided for the spiritual sustenance, but I provided for the physical sustenance for man. By this time, the prosecuting attorney, Satan himself, has left the courtroom. With him went guilt, condemnation. With him went sickness, disease. With him went poverty and lack. The gallow fell, and the judge, God himself, pronounced you and I free. Case closed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now we're coming to the Lord's table in a moment. We need to know that the bread and the juice, you, you gotta look at this different. You gotta get a mindset. See, when I look at this, I see a wafer. When God looks at it, He sees His Son. He's seen seen the Romans beating his back. He's seen what they were doing to his body. When he looks at this, he sees the blood that was running down the cross. The bread has a message for you today. I want you to know that every time you eat this bread, every time you drink this cup, You are setting yourselves in agreement with the biblical testimony testimony that sets you free. Please pass out the sacraments. Pam, here's one for you right here. And just hold them in your hand for a moment. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, For I have received of the Lord that which I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took the bread. And when he had given thanks, and what was he given thanks for? He was free. He didn't have to live under the curse of the devil. 
Jesus had bought and paid for it. He broke it and he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, give this, take this cup. It is the New Testament in my blood. Do this often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show, you do show the Lord's death till he come. To show means something. To, to show means to make it manifest. It means to, uh, come out into the open where everyone and anyone could see it. Now when the bread and the juice are speaking in your behalf, you're speaking. You're stating a fact. You're setting yourself in agreement with the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You're showing, you're showing, you're showing the devil, you're showing the world, you're showing your body, you're showing your finances, you're showing your mind, you're showing something spiritually and physically that Jesus died, that Jesus shed his blood, that his body was broken for you, and that today the blood and the body are here as a witness in your behalf. Paul said, Wherefore, whoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine. Now think, before we take this, I'm going to have Pam sing a song. And I want you to think as she's singing this. It says, let a man examine himself and so let him eat the bread and drink the cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to him and not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak, sickly among you, and many sleep. Now, do you know what? For if we drink and we we don't think what has the blood speaking for us, so I'm supposed to say, wait a minute, this can't be a fly by night snicker bar. I got to think, what am, body, devil, elements around me? The unit, listen, the blood speaking for me tonight. For this company are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if you, if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Now let's bow our head for a moment and close our eyes. I don't want you to examine yourself. Has sickness, has disease, has poverty, has sorrow, has things come into your life that don't belong there? And I want Pam to sing a song. It's God for you or against you. Just think about this for a moment, Pam. Upon you, so willing 
Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus. Let our accept. Let us let man examine himself, and so let him eat the bread and drink the cup. For he that eat and drinketh damnation unworthily damnation to himself. Father, tonight. As we hold in our hand the cup and the bread, 
we examine ourselves tonight. We are listening and agreeing with the blood. We have been redeemed. The curse no longer has a right to affect our lives, to destroy and to combat our lives. But we accept the sacrifice. We are believing tonight that we are made whole, that we are sons and daughters of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that the enemy has been defeated and we have been more than conquerors. We take the bread tonight, we break and eat and receive it in its full intended work in our body. In Jesus' name, take and eat your bread. Father, we hold in the hand the cup representing the blood of your son Jesus. Jesus, I am so glad and thankful for what you've done. I thank you when you hung on that cross. You could have talked to the Father. You could have called legions of angels to bring you down and say, forget it. It's not worth it. But that's not what you've done. You saw every one of us tonight. You saw us. And you said they're worth it. I will gladly share and take their place. If there's no other way, they're worth it. And you shed your blood for us. And as we partake tonight, this juice representing your blood, we receive it in its entirety and the full meaning of what it was done for us then. And we agree as it speaks out for us, we speak in agreement with it. In Jesus' name, take of your cup. the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow, and oh, the name of Jesus, oh, the name of Jesus, oh, the name of Jesus, the sweetest name I know. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken. Thank you, Lord, for deliverance from the curse, from every work of the enemy in Jesus' name. Now, we decree and declare, Satan, take your hands off. Take your hands off. 
Jesus, we glorify you. You're the healer. And we give you praise. And we give you honor. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's just, let's just pray in the spirit for a moment. I don't want to miss something that God wants to do here tonight. Thank you. And there's coming to pass a time in the very near future, Kathy, where you're going to walk into some things that people will say you're not qualified for, that people will say, why her and not me? But God says, I have seen the integrity of your heart. I have seen the way you love me, and I have seen the way you serve. And what you have done in secret, I will reward you openly. And I will not be mocked for what a man sows. He will reap bountifully. And there's a season of commanded blessing that God is bringing your way. And you're going to be able to do some things that you have wanted to do because you're not into doing things that you want to do for yourself. You're into doing things you want to do for other people and you'd have more and more and more that you want to do. And God says, I'm going to make that happen for you. I'm going to make that happen for you. And you will not forget. You will remember the Lord who gives you wealth. You will remember me. For you have loved me in times of, 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 uh, what's the word? God, what's the word? Times of lack and times of little. And I will make you ruler over much, saith God. In my kingdom, rank is not determined by celebrity. In my kingdom, rank is determined by the servant's heart. And I see that in you. In Jesus' name, receive the reward of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. There are so many people in this room that you have been faithful in little, and God wants to make you ruler over much, but you've never allowed yourself to even see the realm of abundance that God has for you. Because you're so humble and you're so grateful for what you have, which is wonderful, but you need to let your eyes see with the, with the Word of God that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody's elbow is being touched right now. 
somebody's elbow is being touched right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I keep hearing the name Barbara. I don't know. I don't know. Are we still on live stream? Maybe it's somebody on live stream or maybe it's somebody in here that uh, some one of you have been praying for, someone named Barbara. But right now we just send the word of God to Barbara and we say, Thy will be done and thy kingdom come in Barbara's life and no weapon formed against her will prosper. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I surrender I surrender all, sing it with me, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Thank you, Father, for this night. Thank you for the significance of your body and your blood. And Lord, as we go throughout the rest of this Easter week, Lord, let us see the opportunities around us to speak your name, to give you praise, and to touch people who need an encounter with your body and your blood. In Jesus' name, amen.